0: Hey, welcome everybody. It's time once again for another episode of WVU Marketing Communications Today. Brought to you by the good folks at West Virginia's Marketing Communications Online Graduate Programs. This week, as always, we're going to try and explore MarCom strategies that will help you inform, persuade, and inspire your audiences. And boy, we got a good one today with a host who knows the most about all of this. Hey, Karen, how are you?
1: Good, Paul. How are you doing today?
0: So are you going to inspire us? Or are you going to ignite us? Or are you going to inform us? What's the plan today?
1: Well, I hope to do all because we have a rock star guest with us, Amanda Sains, who is the head of marketing at Julie's Organic Medjool Dates. So I'm really excited to bring Amanda to our community today.
0: Well, I got to tell you, before she comes in, she asked me in the chat, she said she'd send me some samples. I've typed my address three times wrong here because I'm so excited. I love dates. (laughs) So while you're doing this, I'm going to get my correct address and in the hope that I can get a couple of them because, boy, this is, I'm in Southern California. This is date country.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, there is a strong California tie. I actually was telling Amanda before the show, I grew up in California, San Luis Obispo. So this is like a California strong episode today.
0: Well, I hope to hear how she's selling them everywhere in the world here, not just California. Welcome to the show here. Awesome.
2: Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Hey, guys. So happy to be here. I'm smiling from cheek to cheek. This is awesome. Yes, dates are so fun and delicious. And I'm so delighted that everyone here is a date lover.
1: And yeah, we are definitely team date here on this <laughs> podcast episode, so we need to get that trending. But Amanda, yeah, tell us a little bit about your role and how did you get to become the head of marketing for them?
2: Yeah, so I joined the Julie's team. Actually, just a couple minutes ago, I realized that this is my two-year anniversary at Julie's. And when I joined, it was the two founders, the CEO and then myself. And, you know, we had 500 acres in the Coachella Valley. And we had a lot of dates, but we didn't have a logo or a package yet. So I kind of came in and together as a team, we also worked with a graphic design agency and we all came together around the horn to create the brand that you see today. The name Julie's came from our founder, David Cole and his family being date farmers, they just wanted like a really fun and cute way to refer to as Mitchell dates. It's a little bit of a mouthful, but Julie's is like kind of like a cute thing almost like cuties for Clementines, Julie's for dates, Medjool dates. That was like where the name came in. And we had that and we realized that it's like super cute, makes you smile, dates make you smile. They're so sweet. So when we came up with this brand and all came together, we knew that we wanted the packaging and the brand to make you smile just the way that dates do. But to be honest, dates are not that beautiful in themselves. Like they're kind of brown, you know, they're shaped like certain things. So we came in and together built this brand into what it is today. And yeah, since two years ago, it's just crazy to see what we were able to do. Awesome. Well, happy
1: two-year jeweliversity. Is that what you guys call your anniversary? Yep. <laughs> awesome. So hopefully our audience will be able to wish you a two-year anniversary for you. That's wonderful. And so you talked a little bit about your role and you know being at the forefront of this company. Can you tell us a little bit about like cause a lot of our students and a lot of our audience members are interested in brand? management, like what would you recommend for students who are interested in kind of pursuing a career in brand management or to follow the career that you've been able to do at Julie's?
2: It was so interesting to be able to develop a brand from start to finish. I've worked on a few different brands in my past and also worked on some rebrands on those past brands, but this one was the very first one I was able to do start to finish. And you know, we iterated multiple times my role and my job, like we do everything from the visual identity, the voice, the tone. And once you have that, and once you have the product that is super amazing, it tastes good, it can work for the PL. Of course, our finance team would love me to say that. But when you have a product that's amazing, a brand that is irresistible, then you have to do all the different elements like, build the website, get the packaging, make sure the packaging is food safe and marketable, make sure you know it can be stored right. There's all these like little ins and outs, but then of course all the fun stuff, right? So you've got social media, public relations and doing whatever it takes to make your brand relevant. And then to make your brand something that is desirable and attractive to your target audience. So, you know, we want people to pick up our package and put it on Instagram the second they see it because they love it so much.
1: Wow. It seems like you're wearing a lot of different hats in your role, juggling, you know, marketing and then brand identity, as you said, visual and then, you know, the PR and social. Like there's so many different areas and skills that you need to kind of master and be able to do.
2: Oh, totally. I mean, everything from you know making sure it flies off the shelf, flies offline. You know, we've got a really big direct-to-consumer business through Amazon and Shopify. So we have to worry about our online advertising. And then anything from like the sample shipments. Yesterday I spent half of my day going to FedEx and sending out samples to buyers. So marketing is a lot of, especially in a startup environment, you do wear a lot of hats. It's because your brand becomes your baby. Truly like Julie's is a part of who I am, you know, because it's just so like good for you. And the brand is so fun and the colors are gorgeous in my opinion. So when you have your heart and soul and a brand that you've created and something that you know is good for the world, then you have that hustle mentality that you want it to be successful, not just for yourself, but for everybody, you know?
1: Yeah. And that kind of leads almost to kind of exploring because it is a startup. And as you said, you were able to kind of be there from start to finish. Well, I mean, and continue growing. So like with a startup, I mean, you're able to wear so many hats, which is both exciting, but it could be challenging because there's only so many hours, or in my case, so much coffee you can consume in a day. Like what are some other challenges that people don't maybe realize about working in marketing for a startup that you would want to share with our community?
2: That's an interesting question and this could be a challenge or something that would be, you know, fun for someone because the thing with marketing is that it's not a 9 to 5 job, especially in the world of social media. And the constant conversation that's going on with marketing, you have to always be on, always be listening and monitoring and keeping up with trends and also making sure that nothing bad is going on. So you kind of always have to have a pulse on your consumer and the macro industry that's going on around you. And then, you know, a challenge with that is long hours, but you love it. You love every second of it. And then another thing is just staying relevant. How can you be relevant? How can you stay desirable for the consumer and also, you know, friendly beating your competitors?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a mix of kind of, you know, and I feel with our industry and marketing in general, like everything kind of shifts and happens so fast, like a trend may happen. And then the next week it's like, oh, well, that's so last week. We're moving on since then. It's really difficult. So I'm really appreciative that you've shared this with your audiences and kind of back to what you point, you made an excellent point about keeping up with the trends Mm -hmm. with everything changing so fast. Mm -hmm. As a brand manager, as a head of marketing, being there to kind of have your hand in all of these different areas for Julie's, how do you stay up to trends? And is there like any resources or places that you go to, to make sure that you're on top of the trends?
2: Yes, 100% Instagram is where you will find all the trends because, you know, people can post what they're working on or what they're up to in real time. I also think, you know, in the world that I live in, CPG, you can go to Whole Foods or any grocery store and see what the companies or brands are up to when it comes to what type of messaging are they putting on the front of the pack, what type of design, what material are they using, you know, keeping up with trends and that, but also keeping in mind that it takes at least six months to do some sort of iteration to your packaging than to also get it on shelf. So when you see something, that idea on shelf could have been kind of adopted a year ago. You know what I mean? So walking through the aisles, staying on top of food trends, stay on top of packaging design trends. But I think what will definitely be the ground zero for trends is going to be monitoring Instagram and whatever design channels, LinkedIn, keeping up with the conversations there just to see what people are actually paying attention to and discussing. And then I also listen to some podcasts. I'm a big podcast gal. One is Brand Builder. And then another one is called Food Marketing Nerds. And if you can't tell, I'm very pigeonholed into the food marketing space. But at the same time, that's my passion. I've been in this industry now for seven years And it's such a vibrant space. It's full of a lot of creativity and young energy and that hustle mentality, but like in a healthy way. And what I love about the food industry is that not only is it this young, fresh energy, it's people really hoping to make the world a better place with the better food that we eat. that's
1: great and I'm really appreciative that you've talked a little bit about how you're going to multiple places to kind of look at trends as you said like with Instagram and then the food stores and podcasting and I think as we are entering into this new kind of normal for marketing and our industry we have to kind of keep our eyes on you know these various trends Has Julie's at all ventured in kind of exploring what's been done on TikTok? I mean, because that is a platform that everyone seems to kind of look at for trends, challenges, up and coming creators. Have you guys done anything related to TikTok?
2: Yes, and I can't personally take credit for it. My amazing community manager, she's really pushing me to get into TikTok. I personally haven't just because I know I would spend way too many hours on there. However, she's created some really great content and gotten samples out to the influencers and the players out there. If you haven't seen what our package looks like, it's a very vibrant mint box and it actually comes out and it looks like an old VHS And then you take the dates out of it. And then there's a little place to put your dates. The way people are using our dates are in their own recipes, in their smoothies, they're baking with it, or they're just eating it with a nut butter. And so people love making these tasty style quick videos, especially on TikTok. And then of course reposting them on Instagram. It's definitely a sweet spot for us. And my social media manager, she's just like crushed the game, getting samples out to the right people. Julie's as a brand, we have not created our own Instagram account just for pure bandwidth.
1: Right. And that's another challenge too, to kind of think about is like when you are kind of looking at where to be, where to put your resources and time, it's about, yeah, like the bandwidth. And so glad that you brought that up. And so you mentioned the package and I'm actually curious about the package in terms of like the color scheme. Like how did you guys decide mint would be one of your primary colors for the brand?
2: When we looked at the category that we're in, think of generic plastic tubs that have no label, or if it does have a label, it looks very generic and they almost get lost in the grocery store shelf or the section of the produce aisle. Even as we were doing our own brand discovery before we even had a brand, I had a hard time going to the grocery store and finding where is the date set couldn't find it. So, you know, with this color is just almost like brand catnip. It's like the Tiffany's blue millennials love it. And when you are in a grocery aisle and you see this mint package next to the bananas and the citrus, it looks so beautiful that even if you don't know what Julie's is, you walk over to it and you pick it up and then you're like, Oh, mid dates. I love dates I'm gonna try this brand out. Whereas the other guys, they've done a really, really great job educating the people that love dates already. We are trying to basically stand out from the pack. We would like to say we're waking up a sleepy category. I think that's brilliant because, I mean, now that you brought up the whole Tiffany's
1: reference, I mean, you could be the Tiffany's of dates. You could kind of own that kind of market. And I think that's great. And then also I see red as I know we talked before the show aired, whenever I think of red, I think of bacon and I, basically bacon wrapped dates. It's really great to kind of see the brand identity interwoven within the visual element and consistently you know, present across packaging, but also aligned to all of the other touch points that you guys have. For Mm -hmm. your audiences. So that's really, really awesome. And so, you know, are there any other challenges that you feel that you guys are going to be on the lookout for for the future? Is there anything that you're kind of watching that you're like, yeah, we're going to be kind of looking to see where this trend is going? It could be on the product side, it could be on the social media side. Is there anything that you guys have already kind of put a pin on saying, yeah, we're going to be watching for this in 2021?
2: Well, our challenge and also an obstacle, but at the same time, maybe not, I think you guys said at the beginning of this podcast, let's get this trending. I don't know if you guys remember cauliflower, kale, they all had their moment in the sun and then, you know, their velocities through the roof right now. Dates, we're kind of at this ground level spot right now where some people know what dates are. Some people don't, they get them confused with figs. They get them confused with prunes. We want to remind people how amazing dates are. So we're really trying to get people just more aware of the great things Medjool Dates can do. They're a healthy sweetener. They're not a fig. They are not a prune. They're so versatile as their own snack or in recipes. And the challenge is making dates something that people can enjoy in their daily routine and also you know fall in love with the brand, not just the date, but the brand and know that Julie's is my go-to date.
1: There seems to be kind of this trajectory, like as you said with cauliflower. I feel like I see cauliflower in everything cauliflower bread, cauliflower pizza crust. I mean, just everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it is, yeah, important because dates are, you know, very nutritious. And there's so many ways you can make and cook them. And just even talking about dates now, I'm like, yeah, I'm craving goat cheese with you know bacon wrapped dates. <laughs> so I pretty much have my afternoon snack already planned for. So now I'm going to need to go and fix that. But we have, of course, this lovely conversation to do. <laughs> But yeah, this is awesome. And so one question I have, and then we'll be taking a quick break. What are some of the roles, other things that you're working on, particularly Amanda on the brand identity and how are you kind of keeping your hand on the pulse of making sure that your brand identity is consistent and basically sustainable across all of the different touch points you guys have for your marketing and other communication efforts?
2: Anything from an email campaign to Instagram, to Pinterest, To even new product development, things that we're putting out into the world need to fall within our brand pillars of, you know, being fresh, innovative and doing right by our bodies. All of these things need to say the same thing. And we also need to be fresh, vibrant, innovative on every single channel. So making sure that we all are aligned in that way is definitely a fun thing to do, but we are a small startup. So it's something that we're able to achieve just because you know things like this zoom everything we have constant meetings of trying to keep julie's within the brand pillars that we set from the beginning two years ago
1: so we're going to take a quick break and then once we get back from the break we will continue talking to amanda and learning all about julie's and marketing and dates
0: Well, we don't want to take too much of a break from this tasty conversation, but we do want to remind you, as always, the WVU's Integrate Conference. It's moved online, like so many things have. Marketing communication experts from a variety of industries are still there, and they're exploring how and what to do during these crazy, unprecedented times. You can view the schedule and tune into the live virtual sessions at integrate.wvu.edu. That's Integrate. Wvu.edu Make it part of your conference schedule this year. And while you're poking around, you might want to check out West Virginia University's new digital marketing communications master's degree program. It's online as well, and can be completed in just a year with built-in certifications from platforms like Google and Facebook, the program gives you both the strategy and the skills you need to reach audiences on existing and emerging media like this. Learn more at marketingcommunications.wvu.edu. That's marketingcommunications, plural.wvu.edu. And now back to Karen and guests. And before, I just have to ask this question here before you jump in, because I am a big date fan. I don't think I ever had a date. Well, that sounds terrible. I don't think I ever had a Majul date until I came to California in the 80s. I grew up in the Midwest. I don't ever think I ever knew what a date was. And if I did, I thought it was a fig or It was this or that. I thought they were all. Does the category itself need uh, explanation beyond the coast where we have these date palm trees, or is it already international and everybody knows what a date is?
2: The very interesting thing is that I, too, did not know what a date was two years ago plus two days, you know? So, you know, I'm an East Coaster. I grew up in the D.C. area. And when I came out to L.A. and was brought this opportunity to help grow a date brand, I was like, um, mm, I don't know about that one. But I accepted. I think that dates are on the rise here in America. However, America for some reason, seems to be the kind of a staggering adopter to midual dates. Because if you go overseas, if you go, you know, of course, the Middle East, Australia loves dates, UK loves dates, Canada loves dates. There is such more awareness around the middle date category overseas. You know how there's bananas at the 7-Eleven checkout counter? There's also beautiful jars of dates at the checkout counter overseas. And that's what Julie's is really trying to do and make it more approachable and fun and not so, I hate to say the word foreign, but it's exotic. You know what I mean? So we're trying to make it a more approachable food to consume.
0: Does the food term itself maybe need refreshing or re-explaining? And I only reason I asked, we had a fascinating conversation a couple of years ago on one of our other shows here about with the woman wish I could remember a name, but her family is the one that introduced Chinese gooseberries to America and they had to do it by changing it to kiwis. They changed it from one to a kiwi. Everybody got a kiwi. Nobody knew what a Chinese gooseberry, I think that's what it was called. (laughs) And they had to figure out a new cooler name, just as you've come up with this, Julie's, just like the cuties, little tangerines that I buy at the store. I love that. I love the box because you're right. All they are is just little plastic tubs of dates when I buy them. All of that's cool. But does the term itself need a refreshing or a reimagination?
2: To answer your question, long and short, I think yes. And Julie's, I hope, is achieving that. Medjool dates is a little like a mouthful. So Julie's just rolls off the tongue. We've also seen some influencers, moms, like babies already being in stories. Oh, I need my Julie's. I need my Julie's. But they're referring to the dates on the counter, you know.
0: Well, I just had to ask because I have become a big fan of dates and I come from a place where I never even heard of a date. So I didn't know if I was alone or if you did, but I applaud you and what you're doing to change this. Back to Karen and her thoughtful questions here.
2: Thank you. Thank you,
0: Bob. This was great.
2: I was going to say, I also think we have, and we're already starting to build a lot of thoughts around this, but you know, online dating is really popular right now. So we are just in the midst of brainstorming how we can work with those apps out there so Julie's dates plus you know xyz company we'll see what we
0: can do. what a clever idea that's what I was stumbling over when I said I never had a date that sounds horrible <laughs> like I said my house the whole No, I mean I didn't eat a majul date yeah right I think there's something there
2: wipe right for Julie's dates
1: <laughs> also the bachelorette is going and so why give a rose when you could give a date exactly yeah. Save the date with Julie. Save the date. Yeah, exactly. So lots of opportunities there, lots of opportunities. The puns keep me up
2: at night. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, puns are great because I mean, you're able to, you know, make it a memorable impression, you know, and people want to be entertained at the end of the day and, you know, they want to have a great product. So I think keep on with the puns. That would be fantastic. And so we talked a little bit about exotic and, you know, really an opportunity for Julie to really stand out. Like, Who is your target audience? Do you have a set group of people or groups that you feel like this is our core group? Or are there others that you're kind of looking to reaching out more to in the future?
2: So when we were creating the brand, we did extensive research with our agency. And we found that there's four types of people that are consuming dates or that are in this bucket of people that we're talking to, right? So there's people, of course, from overseas called the Middle Eastern community that grew up with dates, and then people that are a little bit more seasoned that have been eating dates their whole lives. And then what Julie's is trying to introduce is to that well-traveled foodie and the health conscious consumer, both of those pillars are probably a female and a mother or soon to be mother. Cause I'm not sure if you know this, but medjool dates are really good for mothers to be. So, you know, if you eat five dates a day, they say it does wonders for the developing mother. That would definitely be our target consumers, is those millennials. Of course, it's that very sought after age group as millennials. And I like to say my cohort, we are starting to have more of the buying power and making household decisions. So, and as people are looking to make healthier swaps, dates kind of fall into that category of being that replacement. hmm
1: No, I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm on the older side of the millennial group. And I agree that that is definitely an audience that does have a lot of buying power. And they are concerned, you know, also with having healthier snacks, because, you know, like when you go into the grocery store, if you look at some of the ingredients, you're like, wow, there's a lot of ingredients I can't even pronounce. And so with dates, like, yeah there's a date. So that's important. So when you are targeting, you know, these audiences, is that kind of aligned to what you're doing in terms of your communication? Are you doing some things different for reaching these audiences as you would for, let's say, Gen Z and your other cohorts?
2: The type of content that we put out is I would like to call it like elevated, but cute. So dates in themselves are in the packaging is cute, but we do like to have pictures, you know, with a box of dates and a rosé and a charcuterie board But knowing that that's for mom, but mom is also feeding baby. So we do have some cutesy stuff in there that maybe baby would like to see when she's scrolling on Instagram or something like that.
1: Gotcha. No, that makes sense. The next question I have for you is because we're all experiencing COVID-19 and it's impacted all aspects of every part of society, both here in the U.S. and abroad. And how has COVID-19 impacted your strategies as a CBG company and a startup?
2: It was pretty wild. I mean, with COVID, we were just in the midst of launching our snack packs on direct-to-consumer, and we thought that it was going to fly. We also were testing out launching four-pound bulk boxes, just as like something out there just to put on Amazon, see how it would do. Then the lockdown happened, and the sales for the snack pack were pretty steady, but these four-pound bulk boxes our entire product portfolio sales were up 7x on direct-to-consumer because nobody was going into the store and shop, but everybody wanted to have something that they could make recipes with. Everybody was baking bread, so they were using dates in their recipes and then using our date syrup in their baking recipes. So with COVID, you know, everybody's got to eat. And people were eating a lot during COVID and trying to eat better, but also indulgently. So I think with us, we were very fortunate to just happen to have these four pound boxes that we were testing and it ended up being a huge success for us. And now we're at, you know, if sales went up 7x, then our new steady state plateau is much higher than it was before. So, direct to consumers definitely impacted our business quite substantially because people know that they can find us. We can do retargeting ads on them and keep them as the consumer within our email list and online. So,
1: with that, Amanda, I think that's really interesting. As you said, yeah, like I pretty much lived on Amazon and just basically had everything sent to my house. And because I was cooking and making bread, <laughs> but when you're looking at how COVID has impacted your marketing, so has that shifted at all as well? Has COVID nineteen impacted the way that you are marketing, doing PR, working with you know social and influencers?
2: Yep, definitely focusing on the antioxidants and healthy benefits of medjool dates and how it can boost your immune system and just be that healthier options. Because if people are going to the doctor less, then you would need to stay healthy at home too. So just really our key messaging was focused on the immune boosting benefits of dates. Awesome.
1: Well, my final question for you is, as we have a lot of listeners from, you know, who are students, young professionals, established industry folks in the industry. What are some points of advice that you would give them kind of as we move forward to 2021?
2: My piece of advice is that everything takes three times longer than you think it would if it's building a brand or a new product development, or you know, maybe it's waiting to hear back from someone else. Just have that level of expectation that people are doing their best. And sometimes things might fall through the cracks. Just take it easy on yourself, be patient. You're going to get there and you can do it. You're so capable and just have fun and enjoy the ride. Awesome. Amanda, I am really
1: grateful that you've been part of this show, but if our audience members want to find out more about you and connect with you as well as Julie's, how can they find you?
2: Yes. Don't be shy. Of course, at Julie's dates on Instagram. And then my handle is at Amanda Sains, S-A-I-N-S on Instagram. And of course, you know, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and we can chat. Well, thank you so much, Amanda.
1: And I feel all of us are going to go out and buy some Julie's dates and make some amazing snacks. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise
0: and time with all of us today.
2: Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Let's go Mountaineers.
0: (laughs) You've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications Today, brought to you live from West Virginia University, a weekly program that sits at the intersection of data-driven decision-making and marketing practice. Only on the Funnel Radio Network. For at work listeners like you.